All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Honestly Bilal. I'm your host, Bilal Ahmed, and this show is for the aspiring ophthalmologist. I talk to medical students who are interested in ophthalmology. I talk to residents training in ophthalmology, and sometimes, if I'm lucky enough, I talk to current ophthalmologists in the field. Today, my guest is Dr. Ruxana Mirza. Uh, Dr. Mirza is an associate professor of ophthalmology and medical education at Northwestern University. She got her bachelor's at Northwestern University. She then got her master's degree at Indiana University then got her medical degree at what is now known as Rosalind Franklin Chicago Medical School, and then did her residency at Loyola University and then her fellowship at Northwestern University. She's also a leader in the AUPO and has been awarded the winner of excellence in medical student education. So Dr. Mirza, it's an honor to be with you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, you know, we, a lot of us have seen you um, on the AUPO webinars this, this application season. And obviously during COVID-19, we've all been kind of uh, lost in the transition of how to go about this process. So, you know, we're trying to get into ophthalmology, but you've been on, in ophthalmology for a little bit now. So tell us how about your path, how you got interested in ophthalmology, and then why you chose medical retina as a subspecialty. Sure, yeah. Um, so it's interesting. I, um, I have an interesting course to medical school. I actually got a master's in uh, counseling before I went to medical school, and I worked um, in a psychiatric hospital doing uh, therapy um, uh, with patients who had eating disorders. And I also, I always kind of imagined that I'd become a psychiatrist or a neurologist when I went to medical school. Um, but when I went to medical school, I realized um, it, was, it was pretty much during my clerkships. I did uh, internal medicine before I did surgery. And yeah. while I was on my internal medicine rotation, I loved the thoroughness and the diagnostic aspect. Um, and you know, so I, I like that. And, um, but I went to surgery and I loved the pace and I loved the kind of planning about procedures. And, um, you know, I was like, you know, I really, really enjoy this. Um, and while I was on surgery, I did uh, two electives. I did ophthalmology and I did ENT. Okay. And I realized I really liked subspecialty mm -hmm. um, more so. With ophthalmology, I just kind of, I walked in, I actually did my rotation at Cook County Hospital, which is a very historic hospital in Chicago. Right. Um, and I walked in and there was just a feeling. And I think a lot of times, this is, I do a lot of advising for medical students. And yeah. I, I realize, I, I really say like, really feel how you feel in different spaces. And, mm -hmm. um, I was kind of taken under, under the wing by that. At the time, the chairman was Alan Axelrod and the program director was Philip Dre. And they were just amazing, yeah. so welcoming. And um, I, I love the surgeries. I love the fact that they were um, short sure. and um, intricate uh -huh. and so impactful. I mean, having patients the day after, for example, cataract surgery, um, just be able to see. And they're so grateful and so thankful. And it's, it's just such a wonderful feeling. Um, and then you can almost have any type of life you want. You can be almost a primary care doctor uh, in a sense for the eye. Mm. Um, you can be a super subspecialist uh, where you only deal with one part. Um, you can work in a team like in oculoplastics with uh, various other um, uh, specialists like ENT, neurosurgery. Right. Um, you can, you can kind of do anything. You can do global health. You yeah. can, you know, go on mission trips. Yeah. 
uh, do cataract camps, um, just anything. Um, and then the people just seemed really happy. So um, I, I just really kind of fell into groove when I, when I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then evaluating kind of moving away from, you know, psychiatry and neurology, what I realized was I really wanted to know what I did every single day. And I love the fact in ophthalmology, you know, you go, you run the list and right. these are my, these are my patients for the day. This is what I did. These are the procedures. These are the, and it was very intrinsically made me happy. Mm-hmm. I also love the long-term relationship that you can have with patients, sure. um, over the course of their lives. So that was my course there. And I did my uh, residency training at off- in ophthalmology at Loyola. Uh-huh. Um, and my internship I had actually done out in uh, California because um, I, I had matched in ophthalmology first. I knew I probably, being a Chicago native, I matched in sure. Chicago. I thought I would probably end up in Chicago right. uh, for, for a while, um, which is what I wanted to do if my family's here. Um, so, when I came to Loyola, um, it was a really comprehensive training um, and got to see everything. I loved cataract surgery. I loved being a comprehensive ophthalmologist. But um, at this point, I'll kind of mention my, my father is also an ophthalmologist. And so uh-huh. I, I don't mention that at the beginning of my story because then everyone kind of assumes that's the right. reason that mm-hmm. I became that. Sure. Um, certainly there were influences. And I certainly think that children of physicians, they see that and they either want to be like their parents because yeah. they like what they see or they want to do something very different because that right. doesn't really resonate with them. Both my parents were, were physicians. And so it was um, something that I always saw, but um, it really, it was later on that I kind of connected to it. Um, and yeah. so that's why I don't, I don't say it at the beginning of my story. Right, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> sure, for sure. Um, so, you know, I kind of talked to him a bit at that point and I uh, wanted to stay in Chicago and I wanted to kind of, you know, think about academic career. Um, not, wasn't, wasn't entirely sure. And I think sometimes this is something that uh, trainees come to. They, they feel as though they have to have everything planned out. Yeah. Their whole life planned out. Right. And for me, it really was a series of opportunities mm-hmm. and a series of mentors uh, and, um, just being open to that. And, um, it really served me quite well. Sure. Um, so it's an interesting story about what was happening in medical retina at the time. So in the, at the end of my residency training was the year that anti-VEGF, uh, was coming out. Yeah. So there was a drug called Macugen that came out my last year of, uh, residency. Okay. And we were like, injections we were like you know doing some injections we have a va hospital associated with that i remember very clearly kind of doing the first injections and it was kind of something very new right um but that whole world of retina really changed around that time and so it was very exciting um i mean just to kind of put it into perspective the way that macular the treatment of macular degeneration has changed just over the course of my career um is amazing Uh, before the year 2000 there really wasn't any treatment um other than thermal laser which you know would take your central site yeah uh from you um not the best option mm-hmm. um but in the long run would be better than what leaving it kind of to its own devices sure. um this we're talking about exudative macular degeneration and then photodynamic therapy came out and then anti-vegf com- came out and um now you know a disease that was previously thought to just be untreatable and this is just a 
you know, bad outcome. Now suddenly you can treat it and you can maintain their sight, you can maintain right. their independence. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was my fellowship year actually that, uh, you know, there was a big trial, the Marina trial came out with, um, with uh, the drug that was going to be approved for use in the eye. Um, there was all these stories, all these, I feel like I, in some way I was part of living history at that time yeah, because right. I was uh, training Right. Um, and there were so many meetings and I remember Academy was just like buzzing and it was just right. so exciting. Wow. Um, so I don't regret it sure. one bit. Um, I, I kind of envisioned though a little bit of a different life. I thought I was going to be, you know, a cataract surgeon and do, do medical retina. But the way that things kind of turned out was, uh, was, was a little bit different just because the whole field of medical retina, um, exploded and um, I was able to really just focus on that. Um, so um, I did an early on in my career when I, um, I was hired on, um, so I trained with uh, Lee Jampol and Alice Lyon okay. and they were amazing mentors. And um, I think Dr. Jampol, he really kind of got uh, me interested in writing and doing research and um, Dr. Lyon really got me interested in teaching and um, so just having, having kind of that, you know, those people right. um, and even my, even my uh, chairman program director at Loyola, they all kind of encouraged me. They're like, you know, this is really a great environment for you. Uh -huh. um, so I stayed on as faculty at Northwestern and um, soon took, took over the student um, program. Sure. And, um, and uh, so I taught uh, at the VA as well for a while. Right. Um, I did, did do some uh, cataract surgery with the residents and wow. you know, I did that in my early part of my career. And then I just transitioned to, um, to purely medical retina and, okay. and that's what I do now. Um, and what I realized is that that transition, I think I'm probably one of the only people that you've, you've met so far uh, who have transitioned to not operating anymore. Because um, in, in uh, so you can't do that in ophthalmology as well. It was it was kind of a big uh, transition for me, um, deciding to not be in the OR anymore. Right. But the unique thing about medical retina is those things that I loved, the the interventions and the outcomes. I was now able to do in clinic, and right. um, so you can have those same kind of great moments, and uh, you know. That's really kind of what um, it, it, it ended up really being wonderful for me because then I was also able to focus on my uh, education component of my academic career. Got it. And so that's, that's kind of the journey. Yeah, that is, it's a heck of a journey because I feel like what was something that you talked about really early on too in that was that you were testing out a little bit of internal medicine. You kind of like that. You were testing surgery. You kind of like the pace there. And then all along, like you mentioned earlier, some of your past was in uh, neuroscience related stuff like counseling so it's almost like and, and to me when I look at ophthalmology I, I think of it as a blend of those three boxes a little bit like neuroscience a little bit of, uh, a little bit of internal medicine and surgery and, and I feel like those are the three things that I personally like and I feel like others do too so it's kind I of think one other field that I considered doing was also radiology oh wow um and um and uh I love imaging and sure. so if you look at actually what I do on a day-to-day -day basis it's mm -hmm includes so much imaging sure. um and it includes all of those things so it was, it was really surprising when i looked at 
all of the different components of things that really interested me, I was yeah. able to, to combine those together. Right. Yeah. And there's, it's, there's a place for everybody, like you said, in ophthalmology, it seems like. And I think that's why the interest is so heavy in it. And uh, it is the way the field is today. Um, one thing I, that you mentioned earlier was is, is your mentors. And obviously, like we, we said earlier, that you've been a big part of the AUPO. Um, you've been awarded for how you've been educating medical students for these years. And so what is kind of, you know, something that you've learned through your, the mentorship that's been handed down to you and how you mentor others? Well, so one mentor I haven't mentioned is our current chairman, um, uh, Nicholas Volpe. And he mm -hmm. came to us um, about 10 years now ago. And so when um, he came, he is such a education focus. He's, a, you know, was previously a program director and a chairman. And one thing I noticed is that he... Um, that really values and developing the growth of every individual person. And sure. I really kind of looked at that. And um, so that is one thing that I really strive to do mm -hmm. is um, to really, I think that's a very rewarding um, aspect of being in an academic career when you're yeah. teaching. Um, so that's something that I strive to, to do. Um, and I strive to, um, to be part of that I think that one of the most fulfilling parts of my career is being part of the academic journey of people, um, seeing them at the very beginning, seeing mm -hmm. them go through residency, then fellowship and, um, and onwards. And, um, you know, I've had some people graduate from residency and they're like, Dr. Mirza, it all started with you. And, and that makes me, that it makes me, um, that makes me really happy yeah. um, that I could bring, bring ophthalmology into their lives and that they're right. so happy with that. Um, so, you know, being impactful is, uh, is a cool thing. Yeah. And, and, and with the current situation we are in right now, uh, we're finding impact and in our daily lives and in our professional lives and, and how we're trying to move forward. And for applicants this year who are applying in ophthalmology, um, like you've been on these webinars for the AUPO and we've been guided through you and through others about what the process is going to be like this year. Um, mm. certainly there's some anxiety, certainly there's some uh, fears and some uncertainties, but would you like to touch on what you think are important tips for applicants to really focus on and to keep in mind with the perspective of what's going on this year? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so those webinars really, I think, were as much for you all as they were for us because uh -huh. we're we're also very apprehensive. I think for me personally, working on those helped me make kind of sense of what we were going to do and how to approach it and um, coming together with all of those thought leaders and um, getting everyone's opinion. I mean, it's, it's a work in progress for everyone. Right. Um, but what I would say to every applicant, what I say to, you know, our applicants at Northwestern too, is that you've already begun the journey. It's, I know that there's been, now there's currently, there's, it's not what you expected, mm -hmm. but sometimes that happens, right? So you, it doesn't take away all the things that you have done to this point. And all of us are rooting for the success of the applicants. We sure. all are, you know, we all understand that the applications are gonna look differently. Yeah. Um, the interviews are gonna feel different. Mm -hmm. um, and we all feel different right now. Right. So um, it's just, it's not, I know it seems like you're going through it, but we all are going through it. And, um, you know, finding that fit and finding, finding um, 
the right people. It's, it's, it is hard. I mean, I, you, it's hard to have a gut about, Oh, I love this program by yeah. just, this is what it looks like on this screen. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, similarly for us, you know, I think we're getting more used to talking this way. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it's still, it still feels a little different. Right. Um, and the feel, the feelings are, are very different, but I would say when you put your application together, be very thoughtful about every component of it. Okay. Really search into your entire academic career and say, well, what, what, is, what is my story? What is right. my journey? What, how am I going to make a great president? Mm -hmm. And um, I think sometimes people, especially in the personal sp statement, they'll spend a lot of time on um, saying why ophthalmology is so great. Mm -hmm. So I will tell you, we all know that it is. Yeah, <laughs> you, don't right? need, you don't need to spend time on that. Sure, um, yeah. Of course, you know, there's, it's, it's a narrative. It is a story and, right. and that's part of it. Your, your part, of, but I would say spend more time on how the different, um, how your different experiences are uh, lend to your story mm -hmm. um, and how, I, and I think that, you know, people will leave off huge chunks of things that are really important or yeah. really special about them. And I, it's a great opportunity there. Sure. Um, and I think also this year, there are some new functionalities, which um, I know that SF Match put out its own uh, webinar. Um, so there's an opportunity to tailor, um, tailor your personal statement for regional, um, if you have a regional preference or if there is a certain interest in a certain program, you have an opportunity to actually put that in your application now. Right, and, right. Um, I would utilize that because sometimes people, you know, looking at a pile of applications don't, that doesn't stand out, but they, sure. it can now, yeah. you know? Um, so I would say all those things, so just a real attention to your, even if it's something that you started, but you, um, are able to, to write it and, and talk about it. And that's another thing. When you get okay. to the interview, you should yeah. be able to talk about everything on your application. Okay. Well, sure. Um, that is, uh, that's essential. So, so be able to really know what you put on there. Um, mm -hmm. and just, again, um, even if you go to all of these, um, you know, the, the tips on, you know, being on zoom and being on, I, I would listen to all of that, you know, yeah. you just have, um, have good lighting, have a good connection, um, mm -hmm. be able to just be yourself, um, be your authentic self. Um, I, I think that those are all important um, features this year. Good. Um, but again, we all are rooting for you. Well, we all need it and we all appreciate it. <laughs> That's good to hear from the other side as well, because I feel like sometimes it's it's almost like there's this, we feel like maybe there's a wall or maybe we feel like there, we can't reach over and ask for like, hey, are we doing this right? And it's hard to feel that way, obviously, this year. But, you know, I think those are encouraging words to keep in mind. And, and uh, hopefully to the viewers out there who are uh, medical students like myself applying, we, uh, keep, we keep that perspective. Um, while we're on that subject, I, I, I was just thinking about this while you were talking. And, and you mentioned what to do, what not to do kind of a little bit. So, uh, you know, you, you are part of Northwestern's faculty, and I'm sure you look at applications. So, what are things that you look for when you look at applicants that, that you really like or something that really stands out to you as, as, as your own, you know, in, in your mind? Um, that's a good question. So I think when you, when you go through applications year after year, there, mm -hmm. there are certain things. So um, the way the application fills, filled out um, can make it easier to read versus harder to read. So I really kind of be mindful of that. And so just 
applications, sometimes they're, they're just kind of disorganized and it's, right. it's harder to re read through there. So, yeah. so those, that's just a simple thing. Um, but when I look at the, who the person is besides mm -hmm. um, just, I mean, obviously there's some certain metrics, there's schools, right? right? Like we all know those and then there's schools and then there's numbers and then um, those are all things there. But you look at um, leadership experience and when people sure. talk about their leadership experience, do they just like list it or is there like a description there? And right. are you able to really understand what they're, they're doing there? Mm -hmm. um, and then if that is something that's so important to them that they include that in a personal statement as, as far as how that impacted um, their journey or how that's a part of their journey. So I think that those are just opportunities to, to show who you are. And, um, then there's, uh, you know, when people have research, you know, you, t you see their publications and you can see, uh, sometimes, you know, people are able, they are able to present at different meetings mm -hmm. or they're able to, um, you know, present locally, present nationally. Um, they actually bring their research all the way to fruition to a paper. Right. Um, so if it is something that's important to them, those are metrics of, of um, following through and um, the, the completion part of it, right. you know, actually going through and completing their projects mm -hmm. um, and then being able to, to talk about them or at least relate in an application. Got it. Um, I think every program has kind of their own culture and their own, you know, little niche, you know, uh, and I think that different programs are looking for different things. Sure. There's some programs that are, you know, um, more community based. There's other programs that are more research based. All yeah. these programs have their own, you know, metrics, I would say right. for these are the people that kind of are successful in their program. So, so I think that every program is a little bit different in that way. Okay. Um, but ultimately, all applicants to ophthalmology are, are very successful and highly intelligent individuals. And you ultimately want to train people who you enjoy training and who yeah. are engaged in their learning and who, um, you know, that's why most of us are in academics. We enjoy that. Um, well, I would say those of us who are doing teaching in academics, that's what we enjoy is we mm -hmm. enjoy that, that engagement of the learner and being able to be a part of that. Got it. So. And, and you mentioned culture and, and, you know, Northwestern and Chicago in general for residency programs is known for the collaborative culture in Chicago mm -hmm. and how Loyola and Northwestern and, and, this, and the programs there come together on Saturday mornings and, and yeah. stuff like that for, for educational hours and stuff. So talk about, you know, the, the culture and, and what's something that you really enjoy about it and what the residents enjoy, the residents enjoy about it and just mm -hmm. touch on that culture a little bit. Well, there's six, um, six ophthalmology programs within Chicago mm -hmm. and uh, Northwestern, uh, Loyola, uh, Cook County Hospital, Rush, University of Illinois um, at Chicago and University of Chicago. Uh -huh. That's all six, yeah. Don't wanna leave anyone out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, they're all, the unique thing about Chicago really is that we, um, we are a close community. Mm -hmm. um, there are, there's a Chicago Ophthalmologic Society, uh, which meets, it used to meet monthly, uh, now it's more quarterly. And it's, I think, one of the oldest um, ophthalmologic societies that oh, exists. Wow. Okay. Um, so there's a, there's a huge, uh, that is a huge culture in Chicago, Chicago ophthalmology. Um, in addition to that, there's a yearly meeting. Um, and then there is uh, the 
Chicago uh, curriculum of ophthalmology. Okay. And that, those are the Saturday meetings you're talking about. And oh, they, okay. um, um, they're actually organized by, you know, Dr. Lyon has been organizing them for years and uh, they are, um, they, they're, they span the academic year, so they're not over the summer. Okay. But faculty from all of the programs, they participated in it, and all of the residents also um, participated in it. So you know, Saturday morning, everyone kind of, it's, it's funny because I remember, um, I've lectured at it now as, a, as an attending, but yeah. I remember going as a resident and we all had our like little pods of right. this is where Loyola's at, this is where these people yeah. sat. And um, they mixed it up now. So I go there, I'm like, oh, you guys are not in the same spots anymore. But um, so it's good that there's, there's some mixing there. But yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's a great, um, I think it's two hours. I forget if it's two or three hours on Saturday morning. Okay. Um, an opportunity to hear, and, that, and I think that's also an opportunity to meet faculty from other programs. Yeah. Um, now it's obviously COVID and um, a little different, but um, still we in Chicago, that has brought us even more together in some ways because right. uh, during the um, months where there was more of a shutdown, um, mm -hmm. you know, we shared even lectures with the residents, um, grand rounds, um, all those have become virtual. So yeah. a lot easier to participate in others' um, lectures. And uh, I know uh, we presented on one of the webinars, uh, learning in the era of COVID and, and, and the Chicago collaboration was presented there. So um, it is a really nice, nice group. The other thing is as far as the retina community in Chicago, it's, it's also very collaborative. There is uh, the RAB study club that happens uh, quarterly as well. And it rotates mm -hmm. between institutions and we bring interesting retina and uveitis cases. Oh, wow. Every, several hours in the evening and we get together. And so it's a, it's, it is a really, really collaborative community. And, you know, the different hospitals are a little different. They maybe serve slightly different populations, but um, really, 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 uh, good medical community here in Chicago. Yeah, and it, 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 that was something that stood out to me during that webinar was um, that, that you mentioned learning during COVID-19 is I think we're all looking for collaboration right now. And we're all trying to, it's unique in this time that we can find ways to connect people we've never connected with before. So, you know, I think if we can carry that culture over from Chicago towards the rest of the nation right now uh, and across the world, it, it's, it's going to be pretty impactful. And I think we're learning that. Dr. Merza, it's been an honor to be with you. I mean, you touched on so many key issues tonight and it's been a pleasure to get to know you these last few months through these forums and uh, looking forward to hopefully meeting in person someday. And we all learn from you and we're, we're hoping that you continue on pursuing the education of medical students and residents and fellows. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All righty, take care. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to Honestly Bilal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or if you'd like to watch on the YouTube channel, you can watch these interviews in their video format. You can find me on Instagram at Honestly Bilal and on Twitter at Bilal underscore 1712. Be sure to check out future chats coming up with medical students, residents, and ophthalmologists in the field today.